Welcome to It's Art, Let's Talk About It, a podcast sponsored by the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. Located in the heart of the Texas Hill Country, the museum is dedicated to the preservation and promotion of the American West, especially through the art of the West. In this podcast series, we will visit with artists, art collectors, and gallery directors working in the Western art genre. We'll talk about the history and heritage of Western art, and we'll talk about why talking about Western art is so important. I'm Daryl Beecham, the executive director of the museum, and I'll be your host for It's Art. Let's talk about it. The podcast is a member of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. And so, uh, It's Art. Let's talk about it, a podcast. And today's interview is with uh, Vicki McMillan Hayes. And today we're joined by our good friend Vicki McMillan Hayes, an artist. Uh, and uh, so proud to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Vicki. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. so excited. It, it's uh, really fun to in, interview your friends, interview artists, and um, in this podcast situation, because even though we talk a lot, we still, you know, when you throw microphones in the way and all of that, people begin to kind of, oh, I don't know if I can talk about what I talk about every day. <laughs> exactly. So let's just start off talking about your career let's talk sure. about your life um the kind of art that you do mm-hmm. and uh you know that that whole general conversation well i think that it you really have to start when you're young you know as an artist to really um talk about for myself my journey it began with my parents they did you took, know you were always going to be an artist oh, oh definitely five See, years yeah, old and i talk to artists all the time oh, who yeah. say oh i didn't have a clue till i was 40 years oh, old no. you and know i was breathing eating everything art and then the others, you know, Jack Sorensen, my friend Jack Sorensen on a previous podcast said, mm-hmm. had said his mama uh, got a call from his teacher and said that, uh, well, I think Jack's a prodigy. And she said, well, what has he done now? She didn't even know what the word prodigy <laughs> He said that he was drawing the cat, you know, oh and the dog God. from from day one. But you knew you were going to be an artist from, from the beginning. My mom said that she, she brought me to an art class at YMCA when I was five years old. And this lady who was teaching, she said, you need to get this kid in some art classes. And my parents, I just... I, I was fortunate. I had parents who really saw and believed in me. And they, I mean, they would take me to art classes. They would expose me to artists. Um, Charles Beckendorf, I remember my son, my um, dad brought me to to meet him. And I brought my portfolio when I would think I was 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. And it was, he was so unbelievably kind. And, you know, my, my father would teach me business skills, like you need to talk to him, ask him questions. How does he run the business? And I'm like, I'm 12 years old, my dad. <laughs> but he helped, you know, throw me out there and start engaging with the public and talking about my art and my career and where I wanted to go. And they, ex- But my parents, they did that. And they also exposed me to um, nature. We, they, we had a camper and we traveled all over over i mean colorado and all over texas and you know i was just mesmerized by the colors and the the textures the different textures that are developed you know by nature and and uh, you know just the canyons and the light and everything so as a child i was so impacted by my parents caring about exposing me to nature and i think it has a huge impact on my art because a lot of my textures are, or um, my painting has a lot of texture in it. Right. And I think that a lot of that was birthed from my childhood, just studying um, colors and how the combination, how God created and moved, you know, mountains and saw all the, the crevices and the colors and the, how everything worked together. It was just 
It's beautiful, I think. You know, and I hate to ask, but I mean, put your your art style in a category, if you will. It's not portraiture. It's not, yeah. you know, Western necessarily. Is it? Is it landscape? Is it wildlife? Is it's, it? It's, you know, I, I'm known as a wildlife artist. Mm-hmm. However, when you're working with wildlife, you've got to know the nature nature right. that the animal is is set in. And so you're a, you're a little bit of everything um, as a wildlife artist, I believe. And but what am I? You know, sometimes I'm in pasto painting. You know, I'm impressionistic. I'm a little contemporary. I'm you know it it it's it's hard to put me in a box because um, I'm changing constantly. You know, like this new collection I'm working on even right now, I think it's a little more graphic in in nature. So I'm excited about that pe- these pieces coming up. But um, I think a lot of my style is developed because of my essential tremors that I have. And the age of 16, you know, I, I was I would hold a cup and and notice my hand shaking, and and I would be afraid to even eat or drink when I was in high school in front of people. I wouldn't even eat hardly around people. But um, I was like 19 or 20, something like that, and I went to a doctor, and, and he said that I had essential tremors. I don't have Parkinson's, which essential tremors is the opposite of Parkinson's. So Parkinson's, you're always shaking, like, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. And essential tremors, it's when you're actually using the muscles. So if I'm laying in bed, it's not active. Um, but it affects my eyes, my vocal cords. It affects my jaw, like my jaw tremor, you know, and or and it escalates if I'm nervous or if I'm stressed, things like that. And it progresses over time. So in other words, I'm saying that I had to accommodate my tremors um, because you can't control it. So you have to have a style that is loose. And then when I want to, you know, really focus on the detail of my animals or certain areas i'll hold my breath and brace my hand and against my my body in order to to get that desired stroke so you know i think that i had to i had to lean into my disability which i think sets me apart a little bit with my textures and my background Uh, you know i like to say that but you know it, it i think it's as an artist you're always growing and you're always learning but when you have a disability you've got to work with it and not against it or you're just going to quit well it's going to be tough and i I hear a lot of artists who talk about as they um as they age Mm -hmm. um you're certainly a young woman but uh, i know artists in their 90s you know and and they've they've adapted their styles right you can look at look at the work out on our gallery wall of howard turpening Mm -hmm. from a piece from 1978 and a piece from 19 you know from 2023 and it's a different style and and Mm-hmm. in discussion with you know with him and other artists i think that they lean into it yeah. you know just kind of mm-hmm. i know artists who you know who've been going blind for years mm-hmm. you know walt gonski for example mm-hmm. and, and he's changed his entire style and you think you've mm-hmm. done that you think you've adapted oh, oh i do i do um and i think it's exciting actually because you're, you're <laughs> it, i mean i hate to say that but it's like i was so photorealistic and when you study great artists Every single element of the painting is not in high, it's not highly detailed. Yeah. Really great artists know how to lead your eye around and not focus, uh, you know, all the detail in every single area. They want, they want you to see certain things and experience certain things. And I think having the central tremors forces me 
to see large shapes and and um, lead the viewer around and only pay attention really really um, at the areas that I want the, the viewer to see so it does help you know and talking to you and hearing you lecture and seeing the things on your website and knowing things I think that's a, a central theme you also teach children when you've it been is. teaching mm -hmm. um, your your mm -hmm. workshops uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how you just involve kids who say I can't paint because mm -hmm. I can't well no you can paint you just we've got to adapt yeah. to, to your well, and that kind of leads into a little bit of what I do in the public, you know, right. in the public arts. Um, you know, it, I believe that there's there's always that little kid inside of us, no matter how old we are, that we want to create. We're born to create. And um, I, I think that it's whether it's music or, or drama or painting or whatever it is, we have a desire. And sometimes, you know, these collaborative pieces that I do with the public, um, in, engaging the public right. and and having someone add a stroke of paint to a large piece that I'm doing with with hundreds and maybe even thousands of people on one piece, um, I can see where when I invite the public to participate in this, men tend to stand in the back and watch the kids or the mom you know participate and add their stroke of paint to the piece and it's not until I get the men in there and say you can do this you can add just one stroke <laughs> to it it's okay. And typically, they're the ones that want to stay, and they don't want to leave because that little kid inside of them yeah. comes back out, and we all have a desire to escape from. And you're known around the state of Texas, especially as a collaborative artist, one yes. of those working in those projects. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about one that's coming up uh, with Shriner University and the Western Art Academy. Yes, I'm really excited uh, about that. They're going one. to ask you to do a, an eight-foot painting mm -hmm. and uh, involve students in the Western Art Academy and involve uh, faculty and staff there at Schreiner University. Let's talk yeah. about that for a second. Um, I, yeah, Mr. Schreiner, um, Colonel Schreiner, um, is a, a strategic part of the Kerrville area, right. and um, they are going to be honoring him as a young, young uh, lad, looking out on the Kerrville Plains and and the Hill Country, and um, just dreaming about the future. And I think you know that I, I'm. I'm a wildlife artist, I'm a landscape artist, and you know, Western, I'm known in the Western arts, so this is kind of a culmination, I think, of all three and of those. And for our listeners who may not know, Shriner University here in Kerrville, Texas, is celebrating their 100th anniversary. Yes. And so there's lots of things going on this year, and this is one of those programs that mm -hmm. you're going to be able to mm -hmm. work with Dr. Don Frazier and, and the folks at Shriner University yeah, to and make I'm, happen, and that, that seems exciting. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going out to the property where he... Um, had his land, had his land um, here in Kerrville, a big portion of it, and I'm going to paint in plain air. And I don't know if anyone knows what plain air is. Plain air is actually where you go out and you sit and, and you capture whatever you see in that moment. And typically, it's about an hour and a half that I paint a painting, and whatever happens happens. And if it's raining, you paint that. If it's hot and blazing, you know you yeah. you, you capture that. So, but that that's a uh, something that was. Uh, in the, the time period where Monet and Van Gogh and all, all of them, that impressionistic uh, impressionism um, was birthed out of plein air painting, which is, I think, crucial to my art in particular because it's not until you get out in the field that you can see how light yeah, bounces Yeah, I'm, I'm going to attribute it to Monet, but I, I think yeah. it was Monet who said, you know, anybody can paint in a studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. you can take your time, and it's when you're forced to face the elements, you know, yeah. and, and do all that that it brings uh, out the artist in you. 
Yeah, I've faced quite a few, like in Africa so, when I've painted. Let's talk about your travels, yeah, because that's important. I know to your work, mm -hmm. uh, you've traveled the world painting. I have, yeah. And uh, Africa comes to mind, a lot of your work. I see her, mm -hmm. some of the great herds of Africa. I actually spent five summers in Africa, and I traveled there many times. I've been to South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Uganda, Malawi. Um, and, it, and actually, uh, you know, to kind of back up just a little bit to move forward, I actually um, went to art college and then I um, got married and I was in, in the ministry for a long time. And then I had children, and so art was kind of in, on the back burner a little bit because I was raising kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until I, I went to the mission field in Africa and got to spend time with with people on the ground and teaching them um, art and uh, people that were less fortunate uh, just how to explore art and use the tools that they had, whether it was charcoal or banana leaves and, and drying them. So I would experience all this stuff with them and it just it, a lot of uh, it came back out of me like wanting to paint full time and experience <clears throat> um just going back into the art world full time that's really when it started so i would be on the field and i would pour into the community at large as well as painting on the ground and started doing plein air paintings and and photographing and then i'd come back to the states and i would paint paintings and then i started to get involved with the houston safari club and safari club international right. and i was artist of the year for houston safari club and then safari club international houston i was artist of the year that's where i first saw your work oh really right, yeah wow i didn't yeah. know that so i was passionate about i'm really was that's where really I would say that I, my animal, my wildlife's really started. I was really, I've been known as a, as a um, uh, wildlife artist more internationally. And then now I've been really focusing on North America because a lot of my clients, they're like, so you paint this, but what about a bear? What about this An yeah. elk? You know, so I, I, I love doing um, those pieces for my clients and, um, but it was Africa was very very influential, and living there and in the summers and and really taking it all in, it was just very special. And you're traveling a lot around the United States oh, now, gosh, painting, mm -hmm. painting yeah. well. Going to the Broadmoor Gallery and uh, the summer, going to be there for a month, and uh, painting on three weekends. Um, so I'm really excited. Not about a that. bad place to be. No, no, it's really no. not. Let's, something we talked about earlier off microphone is we mm -hmm. talked about the role women play mm -hmm. in. Yeah in the Western art world, in the art world in general. Yes. And uh, uh, we were lamenting the fact that, that not as many women mm -hmm. are being recognized or have been recognized as yeah. you know, leaders in the field. Uh, there's so many amazing women artists. And if you didn't put your name on it, you know, I, I think that we could, women stand right next to men um, in their paintings and they're just the caliber of artists out there. The women artists are just unbelievable. But I, it is difficult until you're really walking in the shoes of a woman. It's hard. Sometimes I think we're not taken as seriously. Um, and it's you really have to be excellent at your field to be noticed. I feel like maybe maybe it's wrong, maybe, but I feel like that we have to really work harder at being noticed. And Yeah, you know. what was it that... Uh 
Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, mm-hmm. Ginger used to say, I had to do everything Fred did, but I had to do it backwards in high heels. It, yeah, you that's know, a great way to, to put it. I had, had to work harder yeah. at it. And I've interviewed a lot of women for this podcast. Mm-hmm. How do we get women, how do we get young girls more involved in the, the arts? Is it a mindset? <laughs> Is it? Does it start at home? Where does it start? I think it's self-esteem, first of all. Um, you know, loving who you are, knowing who you are, and believing who you are and go for it you know your passion and your dream and standing up for who you are not crying out to the world i'm woman hear me war roar i mean but more like um i can stand my own and i'm good and um i know i'm good and it's having that confidence when you're talking to others and i think it's extremely important whatever field you are right and, and, you know I think that that comes across when you're talking to people or you're because art is about selling yourself you're selling a, a product and um i don't know i think i think other women pouring into other girls is very important i love spending time with women and and younger our younger generation and and showing them the um just the skills and then to have a voice and to speak um we we can we can speak without you know being cruel or mean or or um aggressive you can just be who you are and be be comfortable in that um i and i i think that personally for me it's my relationship with christ that is a very very important influential in my um entire career because to be honest with you it's i love to express um who I am as an artist and my paint um, and my paintings and glorifying the Lord. But it's really about relationships to me and getting in front. You know, when I'm standing in, in the gallery and I'm showing a painting or we're selling artwork and all, being there and, and, and dialoguing and talking with the public, I think it's so important because I care about people. I really care about the person. It's not just about selling the artwork. It's I think art to me is a way of, of connecting with people. I've been in this business 40 years and, and done a lot of shows. And I think mm-hmm. when, when an artist comes to the show, to the so exhibition, you know, it's so important because I think so many people want to buy art, but they want to buy art and yeah. know the artist. They do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really it's, it's mm-hmm. incredibly important. Yeah. And, and you know, when and there's you, a lot of artists doing, who don't get that, honestly. Well, because they're pro- maybe they're introverts. Um, I'm an introvert and an extrovert. That's why the collaboratives work really well. I love to be with public and the people, and then I also love to be, you know, in my studio. So, I, and I like to travel. I really love seeing the world and meeting people. Um, but you have to, you have to, when you, when you know, I talked to kids in high school. I just recently talked to a group of, of artists in, in a high school, and I was talking to them about just the journey of being an artist and, and um, you know, balancing your your work schedule, your time, your money, resources, where do you go, how do you do this? Because when you look at it, when an artist is painting in the studio, they're, and they're creating this beautiful piece, I don't think that the world always sees how much money is goes behind before it gets you know into a museum yeah one of the things i stress when we we visit with the western art academy kids and 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 visitors who come Mm -hmm. here especially during workshops is that this is still a business yeah and so many artists uh if you're a young artist out there listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. you need to have some business skills you need to learn how to you need to know how to read a spreadsheet Mm 
yep. how to keep track of inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I was talking to my because it gets about. expensive. It does. I that's mean, what, yeah, that's why I was saying you know, like the trap. We're sitting here in the in the one of the workrooms of the museum, and there's a mm-hmm. there's a four thousand dollar frame mm-hmm. that's standing in the corner over there. I mean, <sighs> you imagine spending four thousand dollars on a frame, and yet you do it all the time for your art. Yeah. But artists who don't get it, you need great presentation, you need exactly. business skills, you need promotional skills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're known uh, in the art world as a marketer. You market yeah. a lot. Talk yeah. about marketing for a second. Well, I mean, you know, that's you get to, you, as an artist, you're hungry to get in the studio and, and paint. But, you know, the marketing part is, is it's constant. I wake up. And, and I know my avenues and what I like to do on, you know, I work with Facebook and I work with, um, uh, you know, just my clients in general, talking to them. Every time I go in, go to a certain state or a region, I will contact my um, past clients or potential clients. You're always, because right. people buy a name. Um, they love the art, but they're also, some of them are buying names. And so when you, you, they want to see you, they want to talk to you. So when you're talking about networking and, and, you know, I was, I was saying like being in in the museum and going there and actually being in front of the painting, (laughs) engaging with people, that's all in your budget for that painting. That painting is not only the frame, the paints, the, the networking, the travel expenses, the shipping, you know. That's why paintings are so expensive because there's there's so much that goes into that painting being on the wall. Um, you know, networking is is constant. It's you know going to the museums, contacting people, engaging, following up, being persistent, right. being predictable. You know, um, I, I think those are characteristics that you have to start young. I, I made a trip one time with a with an, an artist, um, and I'm not going to tell you name on air but it was funny one of the funniest things is as we were getting ready to go down the road he was looking Mm -hmm. at his rolodex and the cities that we were going to be going through and as we went through ponca oklahoma he said Mm -hmm. i know somebody who lives in ponca let's call him and see if we can meet for coffee yeah you know a a five-hour trip took 14 yep. hours because yep. we we stopped to talk to everyone his clients everyone of his so people smart. and it was, mm-hmm. and I, that that's what brought that to mind mm-hmm. is that is such a, a major part of, of it is of, yeah. of, of what we're doing you know in the art world yeah. final question final thoughts why art i mean it's something that we don't need or right. do we mm-hmm. it's something that you know it's 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 well down there below on the hierarchy of needs you know we, we need to be fed we need to be clothed we need a place mm-hmm. to live but why art why do we need art well as you know art is subjective you know we've got i think it's duchamp that defined a toilet as being art isn't that correct <laughs> that's correct <laughs> so you know from you know i think we know cultures by art we get to we're we experience um you know the bronze period uh, during um, because of the art that's left over it's it's it wasn't written down some you know as we progress and things were written on papyrus and Mm -hmm. things like that then we can have the language or written on um, um, tablets or, or stone but we know cultures by art things are invented by art we we create because our creator first created us you know we have an innate desire to create and why art? Well, you know, art is in this table. It's in a cup that's designed. And, you know, that goes to 
saying, you know, it frustrates me that art's being taken out of the school system because oh, yeah. what are we left with with our country if we are not a, a country that is fascinated with design and creation? It's not just paintings on walls. It's it's every single object we look at is designed and created by somebody. So we need to say art. It, art is a subjective word. But if we're talking about Western art or art in general, I think it's... Um, an artist is is wanting so badly to capture a moment in time and and tell a story and a feeling and an emotion that someone else is going to to look at and go that reminds me of a place um a, um a, a journey i went on or a feeling an emotion right. that's evoked um so i think it's critical art is has its place and if you took art out of the world what are you left with what you don't have a chair you don't have a table you don't have <laughs> you know it's all the, it, right it's it's important easy to d dismiss it but not um mm -hmm. not to dismiss it for very long where the society begins to fail you're exactly right yeah mm-hmm that's interesting. People want to know more about Vicki McMillan Hayes. How do they find out? If they're going to yeah. see a, a link on our website, sure. go out to museumofwesternart.com under our mm -hmm. podcast tab. You'll see a list of all the podcasts. Uh, and you can go out to the Texas Hill Country Podcast mm -hmm. Network, and, and the links will be out there as well. But one of the things we'll do is we'll link to your websites, but let's talk about those real quickly. How do they get a hold sure. of Vicki McMillan Hayes? Vicki McMillan hayes.com is my website okay. and then i'm also on facebook for vicky mcmillan hayes now as well. spell it out v-i-c-k-i-e-m-c-m-i-l-l-a-n-h-a-y-e-s.com dot com and if you have any questions of anything i'd love to chat with you now i mean people out there listening to the podcast they reach out to the artist you mm -hmm. know because hey i'd like to know more about that sounds like a fascinating person so <laughs> you know we want people to be able to reach out there and, and find your work yeah. find out more about you they can uh, uh, read all about your adventures mm -hmm. and where you're going because yeah. you have a, a big strong social media presence yeah i'd really work at that hard <laughs> try to <laughs> our guest today has been vicki mcmillan hayes artist and uh, educator mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. a good friend of the museum of western art and you can uh, find out more about vicki on her website or ours and vicki thank you for joining us today on thank it's you. art let's talk about it thank you very much appreciate it a great thank time you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of It's Art, Let's Talk About It, a production of the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. We hope you'll visit the museum in person. We're located at 1550 Bandera Highway in Kerrville, Texas. Find out more about us by going to www.museumofwesternart.com. And we hope you'll join us next time for It's Art, Let's Talk About It. The podcast is produced by the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.